0: I say it's time to start making money from the Facebook, but Mark doesn't want to advertise you. Who's right? Um, Neither of you yet. The Facebook is cool. That's what it's got going for. Yeah. You don't want to ruin it with ads because ads aren't cool. Exactly. It's like you're throwing the greatest party on campus
1: and someone's saying it's got to be over by 11. That's exactly right. You don't even know what the thing is yet. exactly How big it can get, how far it can go. This is no time to take your chips down. A million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? You... a billion dollars as you might have guessed that was a quote from the social network and we will be giving away not a million but a billion dollars okay we're not doing that either but we are going to talk about this movie the social network i'm here with dan dan line
0: hello that's me i'm him
1: damn so social network uh the movie about Mark Zuckerberg the mm, start mm. of Facebook and all of that uh, why are we talking about this movie
0: That's a really good question um, I I think <laughs> I think that social network is the most important movie of the last decade uh, and I say that not because it's like amazing which it is but because it talks about something that affects every single one of our lives in a pretty insidious way I feel like which is to say social media Um, and uh, I think this movie does a good job of looking at how social media affects our lives and what specifically we do through social media and how we interact with one another um, and why we use social media and I think it's I think it's important that this movie be made and we we try and answer some of those questions.
1: Yeah, uh it's actually 11 years old, so it can't be the most important movie of the last decade cuz it's older than a decade. But Sad. um I think as as I watched the movie, uh it, it we have heeded none of its warnings, yeah. you know? Like and Facebook is still here like 11 years later and not only does Facebook still exist, but Facebook owns Instagram and Mark Zuckerberg is giving depositions to the u.s senate so like (laughs) it's still a very key part of our lives whether we'd like that fact or not um as we have kind of started to do uh i want to there's plenty to talk about kind of topically uh in the movie and content wise but as a movie Mm -hmm. like what what about the movie did you like not how does it relate to our lives, but like sure, sure. just as a movie, what did you like about this?
0: Yeah, so the script is written by Aaron Sorkin, who does dialogue like nobody does dialogue. The
1: walk and talk.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's so good at this like quick, fast-paced conversation um, that just makes every scene like really, really hard to pull away from. And uh, he's writing it, and David Fincher is directing it. And if you're unfamiliar with David Fincher, he's the guy who did Seven and Fight Club and Zodiac and... Pretty much every single one of his movies is a thriller, mm. um, usually crime thrillers, <laughs> and this is not a crime thriller, um, but it it can feel like it at times. You're really drawn into all the scenes. Um, he does a really good job at like shots that include one person, uh, like one subject individual, with a lot of background, mm. and the background might be people, but it's this focus. This is almost like a portrait of a person, and you see that throughout the movie. Um, and there's uh, the actors who are playing those parts, oh, Jesse Eisenberg, um, Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield, Justin Timberlake. They all do a really good job of like of, of portraying their characters on screen really well. Um, I I love I love this movie. I think it's a really really fun movie. Um, it is. I remember when I was researching because I, I wrote a paper on this in freshman year of high school. And uh, I, I remember saying I have never seen coding be fun mm. or interesting. I've never wanted to watch coding before and every time coding happens, they worked so hard to make that an enjoyable sequence. Um, uh, and I think that it, it, it feels a lot more dramatic than we would initially think the creation of a website might be. Um, yeah, it, it's it's good.
1: Yeah, I think you hit on. It kind of is like an all star cast, but mm-hmm. not just cast. Like even uh, to the production team yeah. with Aaron Sorkin, David Fincher, um, and many of the people in this movie. Like went on to have bigger careers, mm-hmm. maybe in part because of this. And we didn't know going in that this was like sure. going to be an awesome cast, but it certainly worked out that way. Yeah, um, and it is just. Very because of I think, because of David Fincher's uh style of directing and then Aaron Sorkin's style of writing, it is very captivating it's yeah. hard to like the movie is about the creation of a website mm. like <laughs> th- like that doesn't sound that interesting right. and granted, like we understand the social significance of Facebook, so there's a little bit added draw, but it is very captivating, yeah. Uh, it is portrayed very captivatingly. Um, so, <clears throat> movie about Facebook. We are still talking about Facebook. Um, you were going to ask me this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Uh, okay. Uh, do you remember your ex- first experience with Facebook? Like, when did you get a Facebook account?
0: Yeah, oddly enough, I do remember the exact day I got a Facebook, <laughs> which is really embarrassing because I don't remember the last day I used it. Um when Facebook was, a th- like, you know, when I when I kind of got my account for Facebook, I don't know if this is still the case, but you had to be 13 years or older to get it. I remember I used my mom's email address because I didn't have one of those. <laughs> um, and it was, whenever I was 13 on my birthday, um, I signed up for it. And I was so excited to to post and, like, have people see my stuff. And so I would do that and get... No likes or anything on on the stuff, but um, yeah. No, I I remember wanting to play Farmville. I remember wanting to like message and meet new people. You know, um, I was going into a new high school at the time, so it was kind of my way of like, oh hey, I'll, I'll Facebook you when I get home, or oh, friend me on Facebook, kind of a thing. And it's weird because it was so prevalent throughout high school. And now it's not as much. I think part of that has to do with how facebook has kind of been um pushed aside slightly by instagram and twitter um but i still think that that was a it was an interesting period of time for me how about you when when did you start
1: i don't remember exactly um the day like you do you loser but (laughs) um i uh, when i first started using facebook at that point you still had to have a college email address Mm, mm. and so um Pretty sure it was my first year of college, so it would have been 2000, post-June 2006, whenever I had a college email address, mm-hmm. I guess, um, shortly thereafter. And I remember kind of thinking, like, this isn't, this isn't going to last. Like, this is yeah. just whatever. Because um, at the time, MySpace was like a thing. And uh, one of my first Facebook posts was about how this new thing, Facebook, was so much worse than MySpace was. Mm, mm. And so that was an opinion that I held.
0: And you proved to be right, as <laughs> it turned out. <laughs> yeah.
1: I still am only on MySpace. Space. Uh, MySpace.com slash... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, yeah, so I... And then, like, I think many people uh, my age and just many people, period, mm-hmm. it became, like, a cornerstone yeah. to, <laughs> uh, to social relationships, to just, like spending my time because mm. that's what you do and uh, now there's like Facebook memories and there's another app called um, TimeHop that mm-hmm. like if you can connect it to all of your social media and it will show you like today that as we are recording it is the 24th so it would show you everything you've ever posted on March 24th mm. of any year yeah. and um, like it's crazy to go back and see things that i thought but also just the frequency with which i was using facebook to like commentate on like the phillies game yeah like what what like yeah, no one just, cared <laughs> no one cared um so just just wild it was wild times uh back in the day um so you know I we all understand facebook i don't need to we don't need to explain to people why someone might use facebook or ways in which they might use it but from what we know about Mark Zuckerberg, uh, just in general, but also, you know, the social network, the movie, is kind of what we're working with. Tell us, retell us, like, the start of Facebook. What yeah. what was the point of it? Um, either the stated point or, like, even if you dissect mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg, the character in the movie, yeah. what's going on with Facebook?
0: I think what was kind of interesting about... In the movie... We kind of see Jesse Eisenberg, or who playing Mark Zuckerberg. Um, he is portrayed as this person who has a really, really difficult time with social interaction, and he doesn't know how to do it. And he feels like he's been wronged by a number of different people. Uh, so, when given the opportunity to create a social network, he jumps in and does that. Um, there's a little bit of like proving himself. There's a little bit of making connections at all that he wants to do. Um, there's a little bit of showing himself to be somebody that people would want to be around. And he thinks he can do this through the creation of Facebook, but also um, through the, the, the person who would create Facebook, if that makes any sort of sense. Um, a big character in the movie is Sean Parker, who's played by Justin Timberlake. And he's very much the kind of entrepreneur... Rock star type of a guy um, goes to parties all the time, flips off executives at like buildings and whatnot. Um, but he's very—that's kind of Mark Zuckerberg wants to, at least in the film, wants to be like that, and he wants to portray that kind of a character. And he doesn't want to be the scrawny flip flop wearing coding dork at Harvard. Um, so there's this, there's this, there's this desire to be somebody else. That uh, that that Mark Zuckerberg uh, portrays in the film, and I think that's kind of, I know for me anyway, that was definitely my goal when I started using mm. Facebook. It was very much like, okay, I know who I am, but what if I was just a little bit different online? You know what I mean? What if I like check out my cool shoes, or, or, or you know, maybe I, I'm a little bit funnier on the internet than I am in real life, or maybe I'm a little bit more confident on the internet than I am in real life. Um, but i think that mark zuckerberg the actual human being uh has said that his biggest problem with the movie is that is what i just said that it portrays him as making facebook to make social connections rather than just to make facebook which yeah. i don't <laughs> understand
1: <laughs> yeah I, but i think one i i don't know how much i trust the Mark real Mark Zuckerberg yes, any more yeah. than a portrayal of him. Right, um, right, yeah. But I think in the movie, if we can like psychoanalyze a movie character, mm-hmm. and I I tend to think this might be true of the actual Mark Zuckerberg as well, mm. but he kind of makes Facebook so that he can become Facebook, yeah, right? Like in the movie, he wants to be Sean Parker, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have the social skills or the he doesn't have what it takes to be this charismatic i don't care what people think about me kind of person but what he can do is make facebook which at the beginning is just like pictures of girls side by side and you vote on which one you think is hotter or whatever and like i think that's almost like a a freudian Mm. move like he is tired of being compared so he makes a thing that compares people right and he's tired of being disregarded and he Mm. creates a website where you disregard one of two people and it's the sense of power and control that Mm. he can never have in a personal relationship but he can have as the owner of the facebook yeah um so i i don't know Maybe the movie's just so well done and Mark Zuckerberg is such a robot in real life that <laughs> I'm I just want to believe like yeah. this movie portrayal of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um but you touched on how this uh kind of facade mm-hmm. that we can put up online, uh how that was a part of your use of it. Um how you how do you see that still playing out in our culture through uh, the normal social medias, uh, the ones that we, the big three, if you mm-hmm. will, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. But now with Snapchat and uh, whatever the heck else people, people are use, using. I don't uh, know. Th- those
0: three are the only three I know. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I think being working with teens has has opened my eyes to a lot of 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 how social media is used and why it's used and what they get out of it. Um, I'll use I'll use Twitter and Instagram since we've already been talking about Facebook, but. A lot of students have talked about Instagram as this place where they can literally show themselves, show images of themselves, and get validation for themselves, right? Um, I won't mention particular students, but they'll post something online of them looking attractive or what they think to be attractive. And if it doesn't get a certain number of likes in a certain amount of time, they'll remove it. So there's this, there's this. Instagram allows people to have this very uh, this very close control over what other people visually see of them. And it's an opportunity to show people literally who you are in terms of like what you look like or what you're doing. Um, and it, it allows you to kind of curate that in a way. And I think that's definitely the attraction of Instagram today. It definitely goes back to that Facade image because obviously my students aren't always in the perfect lighting, dressed to the nines or whatever people say, <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're not always you know uh, they they don't always have a hundred attempts to to get the right picture up. Um, and then I think Twitter is the ideological side of that, mm. whereas Instagram is the very visual side. Twitter lets people try out ideas online, really really short digestible ideas that are quick and fit in a small box, but it's that same idea of, okay, how does this joke land? Is it funny? Is it, is it interesting? Are people going to like it? Um, but we've, I think that's harmless to a degree. I mean, but once we start going, all right, how does this opinion sound? How does this, you know, political opinion sound? How does this uh, ethical opinion sound? I'm going to try these out and see kind of what sort of traction they get. Um, is it getting me more likes? Is it getting me less likes? Is it getting me more attention, less attention? Um, and I think in both instances, we have these these ways where the people who are using the sites—I'm not saying broadly, but just in general—are not sure. They they are not picking what goes on their uh, pages based on who they are, but by based on what will receive the most attention. Mm. Um, which I think kind of goes back to at least what Mark Zuckerberg in the movie's problems are of he doesn't want to be left out. He doesn't want to be excluded. He doesn't want to be pushed aside. He wants to be able to be somebody that people will like. So that's why he's chasing after Sean Parker's persona.
1: Yeah. Um, So as you're, I think you're hitting on a lot of very true and important things, but I'm thinking of those listening who are not actively engaged in social media they maybe there's a few facebook mom and dads out there who are like like me this was cool a while ago and i'm still here and every once in a while i like post a picture of my kid doing something stupid or whatever um but i'm not really on it or people who don't necessarily have to be older but maybe are older and they're just they're not on there or they have an account but like it's been months or years since they've done it um I think there's a temptation for those people who Mm. aren't as engaged to say, yes, Mm. all of the things you just said, Dan, are true of the younger generation Mm. Mm. or of those who are on social media. But I'm not on there. And so while the rest of the world sucks because of it or the rest of the people suck because of it, I don't like it's not affecting me that way. Is that true? Or do you think that? this is kind of the ocean we're swimming in and it's unavoidable the effects it's having.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're hundred percent right. I think that like the world that we live in is dictated by social media. Um, I mean, look at, I don't look at the 2016 election. Look at the 2020 election. Like our political discourse happened on uh, what, what do they call it? Like the, uh, the town hall of the internet or something mm-hmm. like that. There was that, that phrase was batted around at the time. And, the way in which you communicate fundamentally changes how you communicate. Mm. Um, and if a lot of communication is happening a certain way, then the things that are happening as a result of that communication are like you are affected by them like whether whether you like it or not in some way big or small, there is an effect that it has on all of us. Um, but that's that's the that's kind of how I see it connecting other people. I'm not sure if if you had another way.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of like, what are kind of some of the practical fallouts Mm. of social media culture, if you will, Mm. that are unavoidable whether you're on it or not. Um, Two came to mind. One is like our attention spans. Mm. Like, um, and there are studies that show like the more you use social media, the shorter your attention span is. That like the average adult should have an attention span of at least like a minute and a half Mm -hmm. and that with social media use, it goes down to, I want to say like eight seconds um, or something like that. So, so that means that even if you adult listening have a minute and a half or uh, even greater attention span, that uh, digestible media is created not for you, but for everyone else, which then in turn Shortens your attention span because you are getting, uh, you know, news blurbs that have more pictures, shorter paragraphs, easier to understand sentences Mm. um, that aren't 5000 words long, but are 200 words long. And so the the nuance of opinion Mm. has to be boiled down Mm. because that's how that's the amount of space people have for that, Um, which there's probably like a lot of I don't know like that one thing probably has its tentacles that go in a lot of different areas but so our attention span and the other one uh which again may i don't have the brain capacity right now to connect these two but i feel like they're somewhat connected but this so attention span and then our ability to disagree with Mm -hmm. one another that um as we try out ideas or thoughts Mm. on Facebook and as we or Twitter or whatever, as we have conditioned ourselves to uh, communicate for the reaction, the likes, the retweets, the whatever, then we want to say something that will grab people's attention. Yeah. Um, And then like you can't the responses to that will want to do the same thing to grab your attention. So we don't disagree with, Oh, that's an interesting thought. I'm going to think about that for a while. We respond with, are you an idiot? I can't believe how racist you are. I can't believe that you want to kill all the babies. Like we, we just like jump to the, what is the most attention grabbing thing thing I can say? Um, And I don't think that's intentional. It's subconscious. Like, but that's kind of baked in. And then, Face to face now when we disagree, we sometimes for those who have a more brash personality, Mm -hmm. they do the same thing in person. Those who are a little bit more reserved in person, they don't know how to disagree. They clam up and they and so we don't have good disagreements. We Mm -hmm. we aren't good at saying, I don't know. I'll have to think about that or. Or that feels like something I can't know, but that's an interesting opinion. Like we, we don't say those things. We have to know and we have to come off like strong. So I think uh, social media, whether you use it or not, it has affected you in that collectively our attention spans are shorter and our ability to disagree is all but gone.
0: I think one of the things that you touched on that really kind of made me think a lot is when you were talking about how we interact in person as a result of social media and one of the things i've noticed especially in the wake of the 2020 election and various political opinions people are really really loud online and really really quick to um assault you on the internet uh with their opinions um But suddenly when we get in person, I've definitely met people, like you were saying, who are just as brash online as they are in person. But I've also met people who are much more afraid and confused and not really sure of what to say uh, and, and even back away from their opinions when they get in person. And this is not... I'm not saying this to be like, you should have conviction and you should be just as angry in person as you are (laughs) online. But I think that if you ever, I know that I've found myself in this position. I don't know if you have, Dave, but if anybody listening has found themselves in the position where you have aggressively defended something virtually and then in person completely lost the conviction to defend your argument. I think that that should give us a lot of pause and a lot of time to think. Who am I putting on the internet? And it's such a. I feel like this message of who am I putting on the internet was so. It was peddled so often when I was in school, um, like cyberbullying and all that kind of stuff. But it's more prevalent outside of school, I have found, than inside of school. It's more prevalent among adults who are trying to have their opinions and share their opinions and communicate. Than it is with kids who are already unsure of what they believe in. Mm. I feel like I feel like social media only allows students to continue to be confused, whereas theoretically, adults who have found some conviction in what they believe in now they're being confused. You know, um, and I think that's I think that's in part done by social media, where we have a place to to. I mean, it's the old, it's the old kind of adage, like hide behind your keyboard, hide behind a computer screen. Um, I don't, I think that a lot of students, a lot of my students, and me growing up and my siblings, they grew up with that right. opportunity. Um, but now that opportunity is being put on everybody, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think it is changing how we communicate in person after the fact.
1: Yeah. Um, so, Jesus. And Paul and the Bible writers, they didn't write a lot about social media. They didn't. It's um,
0: it's uh, surprisingly thin on that subject.
1: So can you think of maybe principles that Jesus spoke about, uh, Paul lays out, or or anyone else in the Bible, um, principles that they put out that we can take and apply to our lives online?
0: Mm. Uh we were talking about this a little bit in staff meeting yesterday, or I had this idea in staff meeting yesterday. We were talking about um, the the royal rule, or the golden rule, love your neighbor as yourself. And that is a great instruction because, I mean, as hard and challenging as it is to love your neighbor for, I don't know, however many thousands of years of recorded human history, let's just say 6,000 years of recorded human history, They that literally meant the people that were around you (laughs) that is exclusively what that meant was the people that you encountered your neighbors um but now we encounter so many people a day like people that you wouldn't think to ever consider your neighbors right like i can have a conversation and have had conversations with people in europe or or around the world and i think that that is kind of like those are now also my neighbors, right? Social media, and one of the cool things about it is it has made a sort of global neighborhood, um, but one of the hard things about it is it has made a global neighborhood. So when we're called to love your neighbor as yourself, that extends to whoever you encounter, and now, yes, we are encountering people online. I I, I would say that would count, if that makes sense. Um, so that was what had jumped in my mind yesterday when we were talking about it in staff meeting.
1: But. Yeah, no, I think that's good. The that we need to love our neighbors as ourselves, even online. Yeah. Um, and And I think that means slowing down, mm, right? Mm. Like you, when you look someone in the face, you think more carefully about mm. what you're going to say to them most of the time. Um, whereas when you're online, it, I feel like subconsciously, there's a thing that's like, oh, this doesn't really matter. Like, cause yeah. I'm not saying this to anyone. I'm just right. typing it, but it does have an impact and it does have an effect. Uh, I thought of William Shakespeare who did not actually write anything in the Bible no oddly enough no uh, but uh, I think it was Shakespeare who's all the world is a stage, stage right and I mean if that was true then yeah how much more true is it now yeah that yeah, absolutely I have my own stage mm-hmm. that I get to live my life on um, but a a verse that struck me and uh, from our our mutual friend John Mark Comer yes. and the book, uh, the ruthless elimination of Harry. Mm. Uh, towards the end, he shares a verse uh, from First or Second Thessalonians, First Thessalonians. 1st Thessalonians, chapter four, and maybe, and it's around there. And uh, anyway, Paul <laughs> says, Paul says to the church in Thessalonica, make it your
0: ambition. There you
1: go. That's yeah. the word. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Mm and just the uh the contrast of ambition and quiet life is striking but if all the world's a stage the the natural ambition is to perform yeah and we very easily can live our life on a stage Mm. um whether that is instagram facebook whatever but even i think it has another it's another fallout of the world we we live in a performative culture um And so I need people to know that I believe the right things Mm. or I support the right candidates or I whatever. Like I need to perform more than I actually have to do, have an effect on people's lives. And so when Paul says to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, I think it is a reminder to us. Obviously, this is not what Paul had in mind, but it's a reminder to us that life happens in the flesh, not online. And so I don't need to perform for people. I don't Mm. need people to know everything about my life
0: Mm.
1: if they're not a part of my life yeah you know if you want to know what my life is about you'll know because you'll be in my life right um so i think that is a principle i guess that comes to mind like how can we make it our ambition to live a quiet life when we're online
0: yeah yeah i think that's challenging um my advice would be to get off the (laughs) internet in general Um, well i
1: to that point, you are a 24-year-old youth pastor. Yes. So you're working with uh, Gen Z, with yes. uh, middle school and high schoolers. And while I think you have accounts on many or all or what it, some of these social platforms. media uh, accounts or platforms, you're not very active mm. on them. Um, and kind of ha- any activity you have on there has kind of started since you've had <laughs> this job. So... Uh, why like why is that the route that you've taken because yeah. it is quite different from that of uh, other people your age and the people you are working with
0: yeah that's i, I there's a couple answers one of them is that I, hopefully this is not huh, an encouragement to anybody but there is literal pornography on twitter um and that is an area for me that was a a real battleground when I was uh, n- knee-deep in that struggle um, and I think that the first step to not looking at pornography on Twitter is not having Twitter on mm, your phone that helps, uh, helps that was a big that was a big help. Uh, so that's part of it for for me. Um, but when it came to other social media sites there was a day specifically I can remember where I had off and I woke up at let's just say eight o'clock and I laid in my bed until 1 p.m scrolling through videos on Facebook. I remember it being, and I was like, I didn't do anything that I wanted to do today. I did, I did nothing. Um, and I think that like, I, there are a lot of problems with social media and there are a lot of habits that it uh, encourages in us. And all of those are important and good reasons to avoid social media. But for me, there is so much about life that is worth enjoying. And the stuff on social media is so surface level that I can I would much rather spend my time doing those other things. My approach of stepping back from social media has been beneficial to me personally, but you mentioned earlier when you asked the question, um, most of my social media has happened now that I've gotten this job and interacting with students online and my girlfriend forcing me to take pictures and interact with students online. Um, There is definitely, like, I hate to say it, but social media is here to stay, and we can't really, I mean, I can't close Facebook down, you know, or Twitter or Instagram. Um, So I guess what I'm asking you is how can we be Mm. good stewards of social media and ourselves on social media? Because it's not going away, and sometimes... That's where we need to be to meet people who need Christ.
1: Right. Um, yeah, I think I would like to preach and even hold to like an abstinence only uh, view of social media. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, but like that's uh, that is a standard I do not hold myself to, um, though. I think it's probably the best one. Yeah. Uh, I, You know, there are, I think, practices that I have put into place and and really even just like mindset shifts because i think what happens is uh we end up because social media is so ubiquitous that Mm -hmm. like everyone has one whatever the one is a facebook or instagram or whatever that we feel like well i just have to and then we get on there and then we're like oh here's a thought that Mm -hmm. i don't have anyone here to share it with i'll type it into this thing and then it gets some traction and we're like oh that was fun and here's a picture of my dog and people like that and like and then it just we never like go into it thinking here are the things that i will do and then sticking to those things it just kind of happens right so i think to evaluate what is the role that i would maybe even start with What is the role that I want social media to play in my life, Mm. right? To ideally, this is what my life on social media would look like or before. And then evaluate, is that what is it actually doing in your life? Mm. How much time are you on it? What are you using it for? Um, To even like uh, self-regulate, not self-regulate, but to um, do like an inventory of how do Mm. I feel after I'm, On social media like what what is it producing in me Um, and then to like take periodic breaks Mm -hmm. from it Mm -hmm. you know Um, to just delete the apps from your phone so that you're not on them all the time Um, whether that is like every other week or you know for a week at a time a month or whatever like have some regular like distance between Mm -hmm. you and social media um, I, on Facebook, and I've said this in a few places, um, but I have, like, a handful of people on Facebook that I actually see what they post. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how, like, a couple hundred friends or whatever, but I only see, like, a dozen or so of them. Because, like, I don't c- care Yeah. to be yeah. on Like, you know, like, most of the stuff people are putting up there isn't important. And if I want to know about you, then I should go towards you you know and honestly that was that all started with like political stuff Mm -hmm. like people just put out their political opinions like i care or like it will affect (laughs) me in any way and and it but it did have an effect on me yeah those who i agreed with i liked more and those who i disagreed with i didn't like and just as a person i'm like that's not cool like i shouldn't be allowing this to affect real relationships when this Mm -hmm. It's not really real, you know, like it is a part of them, but it's not all of them. And so, you know, as someone who is a part of a community at this church and a pastor here, like I didn't want to come into relationships knowing things about people that would skew me one way or the Mm -hmm. other towards Mm -hmm. them. Like I most of the people in our church. I don't know what they post online, even if we're friends. I'm sorry. Now, you know, Uh, (laughs) but because I don't want to like go into a personal interaction with them thinking, oh, they said this stupid thing or uh, or giving them more attention because I like this thing that they said or whatever. So like you can do that. You can keep, you know, your family close or whatever. People who live far away that that's kind of your only way to stay in contact Mm -hmm. or a, a main way to stay in contact. Keep those people close. But then forget everybody else, (laughs) like just be friends with them in real life.
0: There was a good thing that we were talking about. Um, we were talking about, again, loving your neighbor yesterday at staff meeting and Mark brought up the fact that you can't love everybody. Um, like you don't have the physical, social, or spiritual capacity to do that. And the internet has been like, well, we're going to put everybody around you anyway. So, um, and I think that, that concept of kind of curating that is huge bringing it back to the movie um one of the one of the more powerful moments is towards the end when Andrew Garfield's character and uh and Jesse Eisenberg have kind of gotten into the breakup of their own personal relationship as a result of Facebook um uh Andrew Garfield says I was your only friend and there's this like singleness to it and even throughout the film there are these moments where they do stuff and you know act towards a a way towards each other in a way that is very that has that kind of grace that comes with friendship um and i think that that relationship was a real one throughout the film that i was able to appreciate when you when you see it you can see that kind of relationship there um and i think it it reminds me of our calling to have those meaningful relationships, not necessarily lots of relationships.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I think uh, Facebook, the website as a character in the movie kind of does the thing that Facebook still does. It feels like something that I have control over that gives me power that ends up controlling me and having power Mm. over me. Mm. If you had to put a percentage on it, What is the percentage chance that Mark Zuckerberg is the Antichrist?
0: Um, I'm I'm going to stop it. uh, That's (laughs) That's it. That's our show for tonight, people.